0: Are you a tree hugger? Huh? Well, are you or not? (laughs) I remember one time I was talking to this individual and they said, Tony, a lot of your problems would be resolved if you would just go out and hug a tree. (laughs) Well, I tried it. I went and hugged a tree. Nothing happened. But today we're going to talk about trees and how they impact our lives and the lessons they can teach us. Because what's amazing when you really stop and think about it is through evolution, we can all trace ourselves back through this tree of life to plant life, which are trees. So that's our discussion today trees and their spiritual lessons for us today. And to help me talk about that is the amazing and the one and only Janelle.
1: Wow, we're going to spend 45 minutes talking about trees?
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) Or if you want, we can talk about you for 45 minutes.
1: No, 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 no. (laughs) That could be summed up in a couple sentences. Have
0: you ever hugged a tree, Janelle?
1: I think I have. Did it give, I don't did, recall.
0: So it wasn't like a major it experience. It wasn't a major
1: experience, no. It wasn't something <clears throat> that
0: you went like, oh, this is life changing.
1: No, I have a memory, though, at my grandparents' farm. They had a great big oak tree.
0: Did they hug it? <clears throat> no. Oh.
1: But my grandpa, every time we would come,
0: uh-huh. he
1: made a special swing oh. just for my sister and I. And he would put that swing up on that tree every time that we visited. And I'm sure we spent a lot of time outside on that, swing on that swing and probably hugging the tree, just being beneath the tree.
0: Do you think that that action mm-hmm. of swinging on the tree <clears throat> had any impact upon the tree at all?
1: Thinking about it now? Uh-huh. Yes, I'm sure it did.
0: <laughs> so was this a form of abuse? or <laughs> Maybe. Did, or did it bring pleasure to the tree?
1: Well, I'm going to go for pleasure just because it was a happy time. But I'm not sure it was absorbing that yeah. necessarily. I mean,
0: in some ways, you could think about the tree going, oh, here comes those little kids again. Oh, no,
1: no, they're going to swing. Or it could be the
0: opposite, and <laughs> mm-hmm. those, the trees could be going, or the trees may not say anything. You know anything. why I say that? Why?
1: Because of my favorite book. Which is? I have it right here. Mm. The Giving Tree
0: Ooh. by Shel
1: Silverstein. Have you never read this?
0: No, I have not. Every
1: single person on the planet used to read this book. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, the Giving Tree is phenomenal. Why is it so phenomenal? Because it's just p- so profound about what the tree gives to the little boy
0: oh, oh. throughout
1: his lifetime.
0: Well, today <clears throat> we, on our monologue, we're going to be focusing on the work of Reverend Dr. J. Carl Gregg, who mm-hmm. preached a sermon back in December of 2018. And the title of that sermon was Hidden Life of Trees. And that is a title that he took from the book, Mm. The Hidden Life of Trees. So after this break, you're going to get a short synopsis, a monologue about this hidden life of trees, and going with that, complementing it, is an article that you can find in the New York Times, The Social Life of Trees. We'll be right back. (laughs) In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12, it says, You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. I've read that verse many times, and it really never had an impact upon me until this week. Because reading those two articles I shared with you, the sermon and that other article, It really made me stop and think about trees. Now, I don't know if the original author, if he understood what we do today about science. But I find it amazing that when you read the Old Testament, they continue to personify nature. They make nature have some of the characteristics and actions of human beings. Why? Why? Maybe, just maybe, they knew a little bit more about nature than we think they did. Well, those two articles, the sermon and that article from New York Times, they gave me four spiritual principles that I think we can take with us and encourage us in how we live our lives. Here we go. Number one, cooperation. Cooperation. For the longest time, the focus was upon individual trees. That was the idea. In fact, it was tied into Darwin and the theory that emphasized that in evolution, the perspective of the individual. This view of Darwin, it stressed that there was a perpetual contest among the species, that there was a struggle of each organism to survive, in fact, underlying it all, all of nature, all of creation, the single-minded ambition of selfish genes. In fact, when you really look closely at what Darwin's theory was, that his theory of evolution by natural selection is obviously a 19th century capitalism writ large. Well, science continues to amaze us with its discoveries. And one of those discoveries was when they shifted the focus from individual trees to trees in the plural. Over time, scientists begin to advocate for a greater focus on cooperation over self-interest. Think about that. Maybe Darwin was wrong in the idea that nature is all about the individual, the individual species and like but the science have begun to study and in particular they've looked at plants and trees and there is they believe a sense of cooperation between these living systems let me explain if you were to go into an old growth forest and you were to analyze the dna in the root tips and trace the movement of molecules through underground conduits, you would discover that there are fungal threads that link nearly every tree in a forest, even trees of a different species. So this link is not prejudice. This link is between all variant types of trees, and this link functions by communicating and passing along different substances. For example, carbon, water, nutrients, alarm signals, and even hormones can pass from tree to tree through these subterranean circuits. In fact, when they look at this, they discover that resources tend to flow from the oldest and the biggest trees to the youngest and the smallest. This is amazing. Now, we must admit that there is conflict in a forest. However, there is also negotiation, reciprocity, and perhaps even selflessness. A perfect example of this is what we would see in Africa. In the African acacia, if a giraffe started to eat the leaves of a tree, that tree will release a chemical into the air that signals that a threat is at hand. Now imagine as that chemical drifts through the air and it reaches these other trees, they, quote, smell it and are warned of the danger. And notice what happens. Even before the giraffe can go to the other trees, they begin producing a toxic chemical. Amazing. So one of the things that we can learn from trees is cooperation. And today, we need to learn that. Here in Arizona, we just this last Tuesday had our primaries. And when you look at what's happening between the Democrats and the Republicans not only in the voting and the primaries coming up but also within the Senate and in the House we realize that what we don't see is cooperation. We keep talking about how we are becoming more and more a polarized nation. We are focused on individualism. Maybe it's time we learned a lesson from the trees, that we work together, that we cooperate. You see, the reality is, is that we will end up, if we don't cooperate, in dire straits as a human beings. But the trees, no matter what we do to them, they will come back. Second spiritual lesson that we can learn from trees is that trees are slow. For example, one of the oldest trees on earth is a spruce tree in Sweden. It has been estimated to be more than 9,500 years old. Think about that. How many times would you have to send a birthday card for 9,500 years? But here's what one individual said. With such a luxury of time on their hands, trees can afford to take things at a leisurely pace. Now, you may say, well, trees, they don't do anything. They don't have to have jobs. So they can be slow. They can be patient. Well, we all have choices, don't we? We all get to decide how we're going to live our lives. We all get to decide how we're going to use our time. Perhaps it's time that we learned from the trees how to slow down. To really think about where our priorities are in life and how we use our time. And rather than getting caught up and allowing just the routine of life to dictate our, our well-being, perhaps we need to slow down and really experience growth in our lives. The third spiritual principle that I learned this week was that trees may be able to experience us. For example, if you were walking through the redwoods, would they know that you were there? For example, as, as you're walking through this forest and as you walk that more than likely, you're going to develop a sweat. And your sweat glands will give off this pungent chemical compound, and it will go wafting through the air. Your voice, your footsteps, they are sending pressure waves either through the air or the soil. And as your body brushes against trunks and displaces branches, more than likely... The trees are aware of this. I mean, if a tree responds to a giraffe, imagine what happens when we are in their presence. And I think that's something that we can learn from the trees, is that all of us are having a profound influence upon others in ways that we will never be aware of just as we would have an impact upon trees, and trees should be able to impact us, in the same way, if we will slow down and be sensitive, then we might be able to experience. We might be able to experience life in a completely different way. And last of all, a spiritual lesson, is maybe we need to be a little bit more careful with our resources. When you think about deforestation, for the longest time, individuals who cut down trees did it in a low impact method. They were very selective in how they harvested trees. They would do it in such a way that it would not impact the ability for trees to continue to grow and to continue to replace those that were removed. But when deforestation begin to take place on a larger scale, there begin to occur what is called commercial clear-cutting. This is when you go in and you just wipe out. Well, what happens when you wipe out a large group of trees? Even if you go back and plant trees, you have disrupted a significant circuit of communication, not only between trees, but all plant life. And a lot of times we do this purely out of greed. Now, I understand we need wood. We need the resources that come from wood. But perhaps we need to slow down. Perhaps we need to pause and consider the impact Of our desire for more and more, and how it is impacting the nature. Well, those are the four spiritual lessons I learned from this last week. And when we come back after this break, we will dialogue about this sermon that was written by Reverend Dr. J. Carl Gregg entitled The Hidden Life of Trees.
1: back i think i would like to mention that if you want to be a part of this discussion and let us know if you have hugged a tree you can text us at 480-389-4974 or if you're watching at a later time or listening at a later time you can just send us an email at media at beatitudeschurch.org and we will get back to you and i'm really curious how many people have hugged a tree so chime in
0: Yeah, and even if you're not listening to us live, if you're listening to this at a later time, you can still communicate with us through that email.
1: That's right.
0: I have to share with you a meme I found. Oh, sure. What? It is a picture of a man grinning holding a plant.
1: Okay. And the
0: meme reads the following. In reality, Uh plants are actually farming us. By giving us oxygen daily oh. until we all eventually decompose and they can consume us. No, that's great. <laughs> Isn't that amazing?
1: It's actually it very just, true.
0: It, it, yeah, it turns the whole thing upside yeah. down.
1: So you had a shift, a perspective shift this week big on time, trees.
0: Big, not only trees, but plants, everything. Yeah. As far as <laughs> I there's agree. this web that connects us. Well, first of all, this web that connects trees, uh-huh. it makes you stop and realize, it, uh, it makes me stop and realize how much mm-hmm. there may be this web that connects us all forms of life in a way that we are not even aware of. And right. perhaps some individuals would say that this web that connects us all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is God. That's that, that sense of connection that energy mm-hmm. which is energy. which we all share with each other right is ultimately maybe that is god i find it fascinating
1: yeah i was really glad we talked about this because when i'm out in in nature that's when i feel probably most spiritual and in mm-hmm. connection
0: yeah a lot of people i've <laughs> i've had church members come up to me and say well we don't go to church anymore and i said oh why and they said well we worship in a different church Which is the forest. We go out to nature and worship. And I tell them, I say, That's great. Yeah. But we miss you. (laughs) And
1: But maybe they're in community with a whole bunch of trees. Maybe
0: they are. Evidently. Yes. (laughs) But there's something perhaps, just as trees communicate with each other in a Uh very unique way. Uh Uh-huh. Our species, Homo sapiens, perhaps we communicate with each other. In a very unique way. When you think about it, oh, I mean, sure. It, 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 my understanding is is that w- we communicate not only through words uh-huh. and nonverbal movement, but we uh-huh. also communicate through a or uh, uh, an uh, aroma. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. Let's an go or- with aura. I was going to say odor, (laughs) but we communicate and we can learn things through each other through smell and not even be consciously aware of it. I mean, well, there's some smells that we really are are. conscious but But there is, there is this, the study was done and it showed that people can pick up on different smells from each other really, and they make an impact upon the impression the other person is having on you.
1: That would explain a lot today. Yeah, you're what? very smelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, going back to this meme, one one of the things that uh, I've told my wife is that when I die, oh, uh, I would like a green burial. What's that? I don't want them to embalm me. Uh-huh. I want them to follow the tradition of many Jews uh-huh. in that I want to be buried as within 48 hours. And I want to be wrapped up either in a blanket or put in a basket Uh and put in the ground with no vault, nothing, and allow myself to be decomposed and allow myself to return to nature. That's for me. That's one of the things that I've thought about. And in many ways. How is
1: that different than um, cremation? Cremation where your ashes are scattered.
0: It's not. Unless they're
1: held in a a vault or a a niche in a columbarium. Well,
0: again, I don't know the impact. Uh, Here we are talking about death. I don't know the (laughs) impact of of a body as it decomposes Uh if it is literally in the ground, what difference that makes to the soil. That I don't know.
1: Hmm. I have no idea.
0: But going back to trees. That's a very noble noble idea, though. Instead of decomposing bodies. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, technically, if you're in a casket, that's still decomposing over time. You just don't want to be in a casket.
0: No, it's not decomposing because I mean, number one, you're in a casket. Number two, Mm. you're in a vault. No, you're not decomposing. And you think? Yeah. Unfortunately, I've seen bodies that have been exhumed, and it is. Oh. Have you? Yeah. It's not pretty.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So back to trees. Yes. I was just astounded at, I read quite a bit about the boreal forests.
0: Okay, where's that at?
1: Well, that's sort of at the top of the world, and it's mostly in Russia and Sweden, Hmm. and a lot of it's in Canada. Wow. And it's about 30% of the forest um, growth in the world, in the entire world.
0: Wow, it's limited, we've done that big of deforesting.
1: Yeah, no, well, no, I'm saying, yeah, we have started deforesting it. No, no, I
0: mean, in, in other regions of our world. hmm
1: Like, it's 30% of the forest Yeah. of the world. That's amazing. Like, I thought it was the Amazon. I yeah. always thought it was the Amazon. It's up there. It's the boreal forest. And they are amazing. They're up in the climate mm. that's super cold, you know, for most of the year. But they have... Um, that she's done t- well i watched a ted ted talk her name was susan simant simand
0: yes i read and i believe read you about read her. some of her yes she's
1: an expert on this and what she most of what you've read this morning was because of what she's
0: she's found. done in fact and i done. think i think she was one of the resources for that new york times article
1: oh really well i wouldn't doubt it um she said that right now in Canada that three point six percent of the clear-cut deforestation is happening per year in Canada. Wow, yeah, so she's she's really on the bandwagon for you you talked about what the deforestation there yeah. at the last that we really need to pay attention to that. And I thought what was fascinating to me is you know everybody said, well, we'll just plant new trees.
0: It doesn't work. It
1: doesn't work.
0: No, those trees will not thrive as well because of we've disrupted. Yes. She said,
1: it takes hundreds of years to catch up to the carbon status of an old growth forest. Yeah. Hundreds of years. Well, what's
0: amazing is is that the carbon that is pulled in by trees Mm -hmm. is actually a valuable resource for them. Yeah. And yet, when we destroy that... We're allowing carbon not to be collected by the trees, and that mm-hmm. impacts their ability to take care of each other, which again yeah. was amazing to me. Uh-huh. Trees truly take care of each other. They
1: have the ability to self-heal. Yeah. That's what I read. And yes.
0: Then, they're, one of the things that I saw too, which I find fascinating, is that when a a tree is in is in is ailing, yeah, then they will actually send more resources to it. Right. And when a tree is about to die, uh huh, it will send out its resources to the, to other, the other trees.
1: People. To the, see, yeah, to I always said that. People. It's not people.
0: <laughs> but to the other trees yeah, before it dies.
1: I think it's amazing. It is. I had no idea.
0: Yeah, I, it makes me stop and yeah. think how easy it is just to to become so human-oriented and and locked into our species. I mean, when you think about the arrogance that we have as human beings, when we believe that we are in charge of the world, and I think that's one of the challenges of reading the Bible literally Mm, is because you're going to have to deal with the text in, in Genesis, and I think it's a text that can be used to promote environmentalism but Mm -hmm. it also can be used to excuse our abuse of nature and that is the the text text where god says that to adam and eve Mm -hmm. representative of all human beings Mm -hmm. that he put them in charge and they will rule over it right it's like god created the world for Mm -hmm. human beings right that is can be very dangerous in the way that we live in our world, right? I think the other one that I find interesting was when I read that the colonization of land by plants mm-hmm. occurred between 425 and 600 million years ago. Wow, and the eventual spread of forest helped create a breathable atmosphere with the high level of oxygen we continue to enjoy today.
1: Wow.
0: If it wasn't for that, that I don't know if our species would have ever evolved.
1: We wouldn't be here talking about it.
0: And that, I, And yet, it is so easy just to take it for granted.
1: Oh, for sure. Because of our capitalism and need for stuff.
0: What do you think about this idea... Oh, which
1: I have to give you some pushback. Please. You said... You talked about that... Was it 95,000-year-old... Or 9,500-year-old Swedish tree? Yes. And you said, that's a lot of greeting cards, don't you think? (laughs) And I thought, you know what? Greeting cards are made out of paper.
0: And paper is made from what? Trees. trees.
1: That was a really not a good thing to say. No,
0: it wasn't. (laughs) However... However, what I forgot to mention was those were e-cards.
1: Oh, right. Okay. They're on, the, they're on the web. Yes. That's right. There you go. They have a whole web, a whole network. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Got it.
0: Um, I think one of the things that I find fascinating was this idea that trees are slow. I mean, one of the things that I didn't talk about was that the electrical impulses Mm -hmm. that pass through the roots of trees move at the slow rate of one-third of an inch per second. Wow. So when you think about us and how quickly electrical impulses move through us versus a tree. Wow. Now, I understand that we have to be able as a species and that's one of the reasons we were able to survive Mm -hmm. was to be able, for example, fight and flight. You need to be able to just quickly uh,
1: pivot and shift.
0: Yes. We have to be (laughs) able to react Uh um, and not, and not think about it. It needs Uh to be just a quick response, but there is this sense of slowing down. I think Mm -hmm. one of the things I also recently heard Was that we can live in a continual state Mm -hmm. of fight and flight. And that's produced by anxiety. Oh, When we are anxious, when we are worried, we can put our bodies into this flight and fight status Uh continually.
1: Yeah, but not for a prolonged period of time. Yes. Can we?
0: Not in the same <laughs> degree mm-hmm. if there was an, a real threat, yeah. but the imagined threats that we create
1: mm-hmm. can
0: create, and this is what I was told, uh-huh. a fight-flight, kind of a low-grade, continual response. Movement. Yeah. Wow. Which is really hard upon our system. And when you mm-hmm. think about trees on the other side, mm. by slowing down, maybe we can allow some of that anxiety to dissipate. Yeah. Now, now again, I think there's things you can do through therapy that help you recognize and treat, or through medicine, treat anxiety. Yes. But I also think there's advantages of just simply slowing down.
1: Being a tree.
0: Yeah.
1: That's our new motto.
0: But I wonder, and that's why I... Is it because I am not attuned or uh, have tapped into to something uh, within myself? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I did. I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I, I did. Mm. When I, I shared at the very beginning that a woman told me to go hug a tree, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I actually tried it, mm-hmm. and I got nothing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> Zilch. Other than feeling kind of embarrassed <laughs> and awkward, but but it does make me wonder <clears throat> if there is a part of us that we haven't tapped into that could be aware and sink in mm-hmm. with this other reality.
1: It's really about just experiencing.
0: Yeah, but I think that's, I mean, I know of some people that seem to have the ability, and we call it intuition, Mm -hmm. but they're able to pick up on things. And some people talk about having awareness of energy Uh from other people, and they can uh, pick up on other people's energy.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know if that's a unique gift to them. Mm. And because I don't see it frequently, the tendency is to dismiss it and say they're just making stuff up yeah. because I can't verify it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the other side, perhaps we all have that ability. Yeah. It's just we haven't
1: that's what I think.
0: Been able to tap into I it. I
1: think we just all are not on that same in that same zone.
0: Yeah.
2: I, and
1: I, that it is there. Yeah. If we only just slow down yeah. and look for it. Yeah.
0: The other one too, going back to the very beginning that first point was this sense of cooperation
1: oh yeah my gosh so what i read is that this woman um simard what's her name suzanne i'm gonna call her suzanne okay she went in thinking originally that there's a competition between
0: trees or between species or and that's darwin
1: yeah right yeah that's what she said it's
0: rooted in one of the what things he... that darwin thought Individualism.
1: Right. And then just after she figured out that it's actually a cooperation, a cooperative effort, (laughs) that's mind-blowing.
0: Well, and that effort is not only between the same species of trees.
1: Yeah. No, it's between different species of trees.
0: Yes. Which is huge.
1: Yeah. And then also between mushrooms and trees and between the undergrowth and... (laughs) It's so symbiotic.
0: Yes. That's it's a great word.
1: So beautiful.
0: You Say that word one more time. Symbiotic. Ooh, I like it. I, yeah. like it. I like it. But what would happen if, again, that's why to me, what some individuals say is that nature
2: mm-hmm. is
0: God's second book. Now, you can disagree with that as far as what that first book is. But for some people, that first book is the Bible. <laughs> okay. But even Paul in Romans yeah. talks about how through nature we can experience God, an awareness yeah. of God.
1: Well, the Native Americans do that.
0: Yes. And and perhaps the lessons that trees can teach us mm-hmm. is something that maybe we need to slow down and learn. Yeah. Which then goes back to it would take the idea of a changing climate, yeah, into a completely different realm.
1: Oh right. When For we sure. if
0: we had more and more of this awareness. if
1: people were more aware
0: and in this sense of cooperating, that's the other one that I find mm. troubling. I mean, I I don't think we should dismiss our differences. I don't think we should downplay our differences.
1: Okay, right. Unless it's harmful.
0: Yes, agreed. But our differences, Mm -hmm. if we're going to cooperate, then it demands compromise. Mm -hmm. And I think there are times when we see that in Congress, that we see it in the political realm. we you see. scratch the, my it, back,
1: I'll scratch her.
0: Right. We do see them, you know, some of the packages that have, over the last couple of years that have come out yeah. have not made both sides completely happy.
1: But they do it.
0: But it's rare right now. <laughs>
1: yes. It's celebrated. And I want, Which is sad. Yeah.
0: And I, but I wonder <laughs> if this has a, if we see this in the political realm, both on the federal and state level mm-hmm. and local level, if mm-hmm. it has a trickle down effect. Mm. And that compromising is seen as mm-hmm. a weakness.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Whereas, I would say so. Whereas if you look at trees, It just—that's how they survive exactly, and and they're concerned not only about their survival, but the survival of of the rest of the forest network. Yeah, of the network. Yeah,
1: and the undergrowth, all of it.
0: No, I yeah, and I think that's one of the challenges and opportunities that we have as Homo sapiens. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to go back to one other thing that really. they knew either they knew more who's they the ancients mm. knew more than were willing that were let me back up. they knew more than what we currently recognize
1: mhm
0: because when i go back to isaiah 55:12 okay uh the trees of the field will clap their hands yeah why did they make that up why
1: did they say that
0: why did they yeah. Um, the mountains and hills will burst into song. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Paul in the New Testament talks about the rocks crying out. Wh- yeah. The, even if you go back pre-Bible times. Right. The, those individuals believed that somehow n- the deities were expressed through nature.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: They saw that connection they didn't mm-hmm. see nature as flat they saw it the as dynamic
1: and they put themselves kind of submissive to it
0: yes and again partly with the sense of deities it, it, it tied to them uh-huh I mean when we find this even in Greek uh, religion not religion Greek uh, culture okay this idea of the gods. Mm -hmm. Some of the names are named after the gods and and nature. Yeah. I I think there's more there than maybe... That we've forgotten? Yeah. Or maybe, and we'll never know, I guess. But it's just fascinating to me Mm. that maybe the ancients understood nature in ways that we don't credit them with. Right. And, And I haven't done enough reading to know if other people have done research in that of course and if anyone does know Um, of someone that's done research in that or a book or articles I would yeah I would love to know that yeah so okay final thoughts Janelle
1: (laughs) um go read this book The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein so, it's it's life-changing.
0: So what would be, gift give, give to our listeners mm-hmm. a spiritual principle that stood out from that book for you?
1: Oh, cooperation and um, just relying on one another.
0: Mm. Interdependency.
1: Interdependency. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Love. Yeah, that's the, the very basis of of this book
0: well in some ways that goes back to even though that meme is kind of a joke in many ways Mm. it it really that meme really focused caused me to just pause
1: yeah
0: and and think about how interconnected we are and how egocentric we are as homo sapiens okay making it all about us and when you flip it around, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's humbling to yeah. think, to, to yeah. imagine that the plants, you know, they they all got together and they said, hey, you know, <laughs> we're putting off this oxygen. <laughs> look what's coming about and, and look at all the terrible things they're doing to us. Right. Yeah, but we'll get them. We'll get them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll no, get them. it's
1: true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's just a different way of looking at, for me, a different way of looking at life. Yeah. And for that reason, I, I would I'm going to send it to you, Janelle. If you could post it on our social media, that meme, I think it'd be great for. Oh,
1: you. for sure.
0: So you can go to either our Facebook or Instagram, uh-huh. and you can find that meme. The meme. Yeah.
1: And then I'll also post the uh, link to the article that you spoke of, the New York Times. Is that? Was that correct?
0: Yes. The New York Times, as well as the article, I mean, the sermon from uh, uh, Carl Gregg. Yeah. And then also, let's put that link, uh, the information for your book.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: So, (laughs) well, our time is drawn to a close. And again, thank you. Wow.
1: (laughs) 45 minutes about trees. We did it. We did it. Woohoo!
0: Thank you so much (laughs) for either joining us live or listening to this at a later time. Next week, we will be back. And we will have our ruminate on that. However, before you sign off, if you would like, we have a meditation that we will be able to share with you right now. So if you want to either come back and listen to it at a later time, or if you want to just stay on and listen to it, that will come up immediately following our outro. Take care and be safe out there.
2: Box breathing, or releasing stress breath. Box breathing, also known as square breathing, is a technique used when taking slow, deep breaths, and it is a powerful stress reliever. It is also called for square breathing. Before you get started, Make sure that you are seated in a comfortable chair with your feet flat on the floor, keeping your hands relaxed on your lap with your palms facing up. Focus on your posture. You should be sitting up straight because this is what will help you take deep breaths. Sitting upright. Slowly exhale through your mouth, getting all the oxygen out of your lungs. Focus on this intention and be conscious of what you're doing. And then begin to inhale slowly and deeply through your nose to the count of four. In this step, count to four very slowly in your head. Feel the air fill your lungs one section at a time until your lungs are completely full and the air moves into your abdomen. Now hold your breath for another slow count of four. Exhale through your mouth for the same slow count of four, expelling the air from your lungs and your abdomen. Be conscious of the feeling of the air leaving your lungs. And when your mind wanders as it will, return to the physical sensation of your box breath.